have to wait for. Oh, it's showtime. Whoops. Shit, we're late. Show me that. Yeah. Yeah, no, not yet. Show no. me the back. Show you my oh, back. Come on, show me Here that. we are. What do you want me to show you? Yeah, my $5. Oh, show me the back. Show me the back. My God. Show us the back. Show us the back. Show us the back. Show While we're waiting back. for people to join, show I'll show the you the back. back. I have to take the headphones off. Get a load of this, everyone. Oh, my God. Get. Oh. That is knife porn. Yeah, it is. That is knife porn. That is fucking knife porn. Did you see it? We saw it. Yeah, fucking grouse. We we thought that was pretty sexy. Pretty sexy. Oh, I don't blame you. For I'm fairly the, handsome man. For the benefit of the fact that this might get put onto a podcast platform, and the viewers won't be able to see what you just did, Corin is wearing one of our new knife making down under podcast hoodies with yes, he is. the Mertansu Damascus knife on it. And it's pretty sexy. It's pretty sexy. I am. I've never I seen wish, the back. People could see, I am. I wish people could I've see never the seen Corin turn around and look that it. sexy. <laughs> yeah, Corin was twerking five minutes ago before the live stream started. I wish you could have taken a video of that. Mert, I'm so good at it. I'm twerking now. He's twerking. He's hard at twerk. I'm hard at twerk. Yeah. Nice hoodie. Yeah, it well, is. It looks like it's a fucking grouse it, hoodie. Look it at that. Kinda looks like, it it kind of looks like we've got our regular crew on the listening front. Oh, oh my God. Not only does he have the, the hoodie, he's got the T-shirt. Mate, we've got fucking, we've got merchandise. We've got, I don't wear a 4XL, Dino. I don't need a 4XL, Dino. I'm a 2XL. It's enough. But with all you showing off that knife making down under podcast merch, I'm just so happy that we decided to drop the Y front. I didn't. Here they are here. <laughs> it's in small print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my excuse. <laughs> anyway. It's cold tonight. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> All right, I think we should probably kick this uh, bitch off, uh, this baby off, because on account of, um, it started already. I have not done anything yeah. I promised to do, so I'll just fuck around a bit while you guys say something nice about people. Well, what can we say that's nice about people other than Hello. we really appreciate everyone's support. Thank you, everyone, for chiming in to listen to us yet again on another Thursday night uh, through this winter dreariness. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, professional level. I was thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll be smooth. I'll just my move. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> now he's disappeared. <laughs> oh, man. What I miss? Yeah, look. Wow, what can we say? We, we try we try and bring we're at least bringing a little bit of entertainment to people let's hope well, so technology is not my forte just in case people didn't notice it by now it used to be but I walked away from it and I'm very happy that I'm like continuing that walk further and further sometimes backwards sometimes sideways but I'm walking so what have you been up to for the last week Mert? Oh, man, what I've done. I was thinking to myself, I had a slow week. I didn't do much, but then I thought, oh, yeah, I forged some knives. I forged a sword. I heated a sword. I did some more bronze and brass casting. 
What else? Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a busy week. Um, how'd you go? That bronze casting, the one that you posted, the last photo that you posted up on your social media, that looked really yeah. good. Yeah, look, it's good, but what I didn't take into account was I bought one of those cross guards on of internet and I used that as my mold, but the, that cross guard was the final product. So if there was anything happening with the sand or if there was any kind of bubbles and shit, it didn't give me any room. So I had like very yeah. limited material. So I ended up like taping the cross guard just to be able to make it thicker. And and I did a couple more experiments today. So I think I'm going to get a thicker cross guard in terms of like the, I'm just going to get a more material. So there's more room for mistake with this one. The one I just shared the pictures of, it's really thin. Like if I push with my finger, some of the stuff is like about the band. It's really thin, but hopefully yeah, right it's on. just the experience. Not yep. that. It's just experience, man. Like you, you learn a new technique, you learn a new trick. At first, just like making knives, at, at first, it feels like shit. I'm going to forge a knife. How am I going to do it? But the more you do it, the more you have a go at it, you're learning and it doesn't seem to become a, such a big deal. Yeah. What's the, um, how much bronze do you use in something that size? Well, given that you want to get it thicker and stuff. Oh, uh, look. The crucible I have is quite small. I think in terms of diameter, it's about 40 million diameter internally and about 75 millimeters. I, I pretty much fill up with the bronze or brass. Brass, excuse me, brass seems to be better. Brass seems to be easier to work with. It flows nicer and it has a slightly lower melting temperature, but it has a little bit more nastier fumes. Yeah, bronze, I haven't had a much much success like bronze whatever i cast comes out really nice but it doesn't flow all the way through sometimes with the brass i don't have the same problem yeah right yeah that's cool so what are you doing um straight out of the furnace and you're just gravity feeding that or are you spinning it around your head or centrifugal spin or what no, i just <laughs> So I got this box and I filled the box and I made like a little, I put my mold in there and I just pour it as soon as, as soon as it comes temperature and I can look from the top of my furnace is molten. I turn my furnace off. I lift it. I lift the lid and I have my tongs and everything ready. So I just pour it in and hoping I'm not making any mess. But again, yep. it's just experience. First time I was making, I was leaving top of my sandbox flat and I was pouring the brass and shit was floating everywhere and you could smell like the fucking grass burning and shit i'm like god oh, that doesn't make sense and <laughs> then i end up like making a little lip around it so all the brass stays in it and actually yeah. flows through it. it it's just it's just learning and trial and error first time i've yeah. done it took me first time first time i've done i've done in my charcoal forge i i made like a little charcoal furnace to melt it and i used my crucible that i was going to use for woods it took me 45 minutes just to melt it and I had a problem yeah, and wow. all of a sudden like, oh shit, I have a problem now. I have to start all over again. But with my new uh, gas, uh, gas furnace I built, it takes me six minutes to light the forge and then pour. Six minutes. Yeah. We, the longest... we, poured, some, we poured some bronze at Corrin's when we were doing the barrel knife when I was up at his place. And that's yeah. about the time it took about five minutes to get it melted down. But with the bronze, are you guys making any intricate shapes or is it just like round nah, or just 
we were just pouring it into a cylinder to make a, yeah, look, make that's, a cylinder. That's easy. If you guys, one second. So the cross guard I'm casting is quite intricate in shape. Like, obviously, yeah. I, I drilled it, but this is quite intricate in shape. And if anything gets stuck, like if, let's say, I put this as a mold and took it out, and if any of the sand falls, let's say, in here somewhere, all of a sudden you're taking this out and some of the arms are not present. Like it's one of them is short, the other one is long and it's yeah. takes a lot of trial and error. So this is the first one I've done. Okay, usable, but obviously I'm I'm gonna make a couple new ones and also I'm trying to forge one straight from the steel. With like oh, hot cutting okay. and yeah, yeah. I I start working on one and it, it came out okay. Like it, it was about to go well, but I realized one side I was too thin. I didn't even force it, but again, just like learning new techniques and doing doing something fun. And otherwise, I, I feel like last week's I burnt out. I lost a little bit of that, little bit of that interest in making knives, or a little bit of that passion, or whatever you call it. I just lost that little bit, and just want to do something else to get my mind out, and so I can feel recharged. And you know that feeling, like when you feel, yeah, what we do is fun, but when you go to the shed and you make the same thing or you look at the order sheet, it just becomes a job. Yep. Hell yeah. yeah. I know how that feels. Because uh, I won't ask you how your week was, but I also want you to run me through the buoy bull, the, the Damascus buoy that you made. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the things which was, <laughs> it's, it's, it's about 11 inches long. Just yeah. under two inches wide, nearly a quarter inch thick, forged. Uh, it's about 200 layers ladder pattern. Pictures or did it happen? So, well, I haven't etched it yet. I'm going to etch it tomorrow. Uh, today was today was a day spent actually with a builder friend of mine around here, and we were building a new screen throughout the front of the house. And kind of the same thing. I just needed a break. I was like, my mate was there. I had to do shit like painting stuff while before things went up, I had to paint timber. So I spent my day doing that. But I was thinking about that Bowie. It's it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool knife, I've got to say. Like I don't make much yeah. of that stuff. And it it's going all right. Now my dirty finger post that Mert liked, my dirty finger post, <laughs> that was the little end cut that I did. For the 45 when i was just going to forge that bowie out and i had that little end cut and i was like i, ha I hate wasting that shit. so i was like oh, i'm going to forge something so i actually turned the power hammer and the press on and the roller on and turn this tiny piece of steel into a small piece of steel caping knife and it, it actually turned out pretty cool i like it yeah it's it's nice it just looks like you etch your fingernail as well it looks like yeah, I've been fucking hand sanding. I've been hand sanding that fucking Bowie knife for like four hours. I mean, not that my fingers little, are much little better. soap, <laughs> little soap and scrub goes long way, mate. Yeah, I got to trim the nails to get the scrubbing brush under the fucking things. <laughs> Just grind it like dumb and dumber, like. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, yeah. I'm going to give a mate of mine a little plug. Another small business base soaps base soaps do a really cool soap the uh the scrub soap with 
walnut husk shell shit instead of chemical stuff. It actually cleans your hands really well. So base soaps, go check them out online. Order his uh, scrub soap, and you'll have hands that are cleaner than mine. <laughs> it's not just having it. It's, it's using it, Kev. It's using it. You've got to use yeah, it. Yeah, but they don't tear apart. Like, yeah. I was using that fucking Solvo stuff, and my, no no bad stuff to Solvo. It does a good job. But when you're washing your hands 10 times a day, that, that chemical shit just goes bad. You know what, it's not good. You know what I my, use to clean my hands? What's that? Office work. Urine. Office work. <laughs> Look at them. Oh, one knife for fucking years. Yeah. One knife for you. <laughs> it's pick on Corin every night, Julianne. Don't worry, don't worry, because they're just they're just jealous. They're just jealous. Oh, it's not pick on Corin night. Look at that. Corin always gets away from this really easy. Julianne's on my he never team. Gets picked on. See? Because Corin has the controls. That's why Corin doesn't get picked on. Oh, right. Is that what it was? I wondered why you were being exceptionally <laughs> nice to mute. me after we went live. He can mute us. He can get rid of us. He can ban us yeah. altogether. You're like, I, I, I can't hear you. What? I, I can't hear you. Oh, he's, he's gone. Oh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, that's How was right. your week, Corin? Um, I could even share a screen of my Blade magazine. Article, but that's okay. Um, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. No, two in a row. I've got to do three, Mert. Go Sorry, on. I've got to get when you make one knife a year, mate, you've got to get all the mileage you can out of that baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's it. How, how's that sword you're making, mate? It's got a wicked heat treat bend in it. I tried to point it yeah, out. What happened there? Yeah. What happened there? That's, that's a weird-looking katana. It's a weird-looking katana, all right. Bruh, katana is folded steel. It can cut a fucking sword in half, bruh. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> of course, I've seen it on Highlander. So this, this one is a, a Turkish college, uh, early 16th century style, forged from a 1075, and the band is... What you call like the upside tip is normal. Oh, thanks for pointing out, Kerr. That's all right. That's all right. And now has a little bit hollow on the top and convex near the edge. And the tip is called as Yelman, so there's like a little false edge at the tip as well. That that tip area almost looks as good as my Bowie. Or in Henning's words, Bowie. 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 What did you say last time? Booby. That was you. Did that one even Booby. go live? Remember Booby. that? Booby. Remember Booby. the Booby? <laughs> that was hilarious. I don't even think that episode made it to air, but anyway, never mind. It was still one of the funniest ones. No, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> didn't make it to <laughs> Saying that now, I made a sword, so what I'm going to do is, as soon as I make the handle, I'm going to drill a hole, and I'm going to put a keychain. Because per PayPal's policy, I'm not allowed to make weapons. But this is not a weapon. This is a keychain. Ah, well, Sweet. you'll get away with that just fine. Yeah. I thought it I'll was be like, oh, this is my carving knife. I'll be doing apple cutting tests like... Tick, 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 tick. I thought it was for some... Uh, was it Sukuklu, the Turkish salami? I think that'd be perfect Sujuk. for it. It's a tuna knife. Sujuk, yeah. It's a tuna knife. It's not a tuna knife. It's a tuna knife. It's probably a tuna. <laughs> it's, it's it's a tuna, tuna comes in a can. Who needs it's a not a tuna. Knife, man? Come on. <laughs> tuna well, that cut a it's can? It's a can opener. It's a can opener. You'll have to give yeah, us a demonstration. 
It's a, a tuna comes in barrel. This is the original barrel knife. Ah, nice. <laughs> nice. Speaking of barrel knives, Stan Stanley's asked a question for you, Corin. Yeah, when did you become so obsessed? Oh, come on, come on, tell the story again. Tell the story again. Come yeah, on. come on. <laughs> we haven't heard this one for what? Uh, well, the two listeners episodes. haven't heard it. The listeners haven't heard it for a week. We haven't heard it yep. for well seven minutes since the last fucking post. I reckon Stan Stanley should just go and read the article oh. in Blade Magazine. It's at the back page. It's on the front cover. So you just get Blade Magazine this month. You get all the oh. you get all the lowdown because these guys are just going to pick on me because you know on account well, of maybe if he they're not in Blade Stan Magazine. Stanley saw a, maybe if Stan Stanley saw a screen dump of what the story looks like, he might be better informed. Yeah, I just could be bothered no, looking for it. I couldn't be bothered. Talk, keep talking, Mert. Oh, I'll go bothered. and find it. I'll go and find it. Fucking shut the up. The famous section previously on knife making down under, and we'll have Corin's entire spiel there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, you got to just um, just accept the fact, Mert. Yeah. It's the way, it's the way I roll, Mert. It's the way I roll. I know, man. Can't help it. So, screw the fucking barrel knife junk because we know enough about that now to be experts at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where? What? You go. What time period did that sword that you're making? What time period did that originate? I'll just leave that there for the rest this of the is, episode. Then people can read it. This is early 16th century. So, yeah. Kev, I don't know if you can see it, but if you. So this has a nice curve, but it's not as curvy as the later models. So early 14th, 15th century, Turkish swords were a little bit straight. They weren't as curvy as this, and they start curving a little bit. But once Turkey's, once Ottoman Empire started getting into the Egypt and all that, the sword types became more like a really long and thin slender, shamshir. And it started going back to this style in late 18th century and start curving a bit more and start getting shorter. So these ones actually have an octagonal handle, believe it or not, but most of the original handles and these swords are gone. It's been replaced with the uh, 17th, 18th century handle. So if you look at it, sword has this shape, but the handle is a lot more modern. So I'm going to try to keep it as original as I can. But saying that, yep. this is a, just a practice sword for me. So I'm not expecting much. I just want to do some cutting tests. And I want to make sure it fits the historical um, proportions and the weight. So with the handle or with the hilt, with the hilt, it's going to be around 800 grams, I think. Yeah, and right. For an 80, 82 centimeters sword, that's a good weight. That's a that's an easy to wield weight. It's thin, but it's not... It's not like flimsy. Yeah. I will say I got a lot more. I got many more kitchen knives. They have a thicker spine than this. The spine on this one is like four and a half mil near the near the handle. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's good. So, how long did it take you to grind um, once you'd finish heat trading? Uh, what I've done was a. Uh, um, I try to grind as much as I can prior to heat treatment. And once the heat treatment was done, I had a small couple bands. I fixed it. And then grinding, grinding wasn't much of a big deal because most of the grinding was done 
prior to heat treatment. Oh, it's supposed to be bent, yeah, right? Check it out. I found a picture of one. No, that's Shamshir. Oh. What's yours? That's Shamshir. That's a uh, type K-I-L-I-J. Kulij. There you go. I didn't even know that was even a word. So look at the third one. Oh, sorry, fourth one, fourth. Yep. So that's that dirt on forged in ah. the dirt on forged in fire. Does it? Will he say? It, it will, will kill it. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to. I bought a big piece of fucking brisket. I'm about to chop it in half, and I'm gonna make a video. It will kill. It will kill you. Kill Arming sword. That's not arming sword. Oh whatever, salami sword. No, that's a that's a that's a Molinja stuff. That's that shit is not. Proper. Anyway, people can't see the pictures unless they're live on uh, Knife Making Down Under Group. You can watch us every night. Uh, your mouse clicks are loud as fuck. Oh, that was a private message. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I'll take that off there. It's all right. Fucking, they're just like you're hammering us fucking. Can't hear anything else when you're fucking smacking that fucking mouse button. Well, there you go. It's because I'm angry. You're, yeah, you're getting angry mouse he button. He sounds like he's about, to, he's about to write a strong worded email to a fellow work colleague or something like, yes, like angry, like. Types. Yeah, he's right now. Tell telling Tim Ford, do your job, Timmy. Do your job, Timmy. Yeah, Timmy did a good job today. He bagged up all the shirts. I can fold two shirts and get them all ready to go in a bag in the time it takes him to put a bag in a bag and staple them. But I guess that's just the years of experience, <laughs> eh? Oh fuck! As long as he's learning the skills, but, mate. But that's all I, that matters. I, I sat him down, gave Staple him a- skills come in handy. Gave him a glass of milk. He was, he's all right. You said he's oh. experienced at bagging. Is that what he said? He bags shirts. He's a bagging shirts. That's what he was doing. All right. Yeah, sorry. Bilbo bagging shirts. Now, guys, we have to be very polite for a few minutes at least because Julianne's mum is listening. Hello, Julianne's mum. Shh, my mum is listening. G'day, Julianne. Sorry. Sorry, Julianne's mum. We'll be we on our... Get a bit, we'll be we on get our... a little bit of profanity flowing. Um, uh, yeah, let's keep same. it clean for five minutes. Five minutes. Let's just keep it clean for five minutes. <laughs> well, that's, that's me out. I'll mute my mic and we'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> let's just go on. We'll go on meme for a while. Well, that. Yeah, yeah, that mimes. Like the, that's what we need. Mimes. That's not memes. Memes is the, the term that, um, yeah, the kiddies use. <laughs> <laughs> But Timmy's mummy folds his cloths. <laughs> cloths. Timmy's a good boy. Now, Mert, let's let's get on to another thing because we saw you, I saw your social media. I was paying attention today while I was bludging when I was supposed to be helping my builder friends build this thing. Um, I want you to do a quick review on the Rhino Wet Sticky Tape Back Sandpaper and its benefits to the users. Okay, so Corin kindly sent us a few rolls of them for us to test. And for some reason, I, I, I totally forgot that I had them. And then I saw them in the corner of the thing like, oh, shit. I, I meant to test these. Because if you guys know the way I send this, I got a big stick. And I I get like the off cuts of my rhino head. And I try to trim with my hands and trying to fold and shit. And, I saw this, I had one of those Eureka moments, or it was more like a 
you fucking dickhead, you had this for here for months. Why didn't you use it, month? Yeah, why didn't you use it, moment? So it it sticks up easy, and it comes in the lower grids. So if you're thinking about like starting from st- uh, start to finish, it only goes up to six hundred, to my knowledge. Is that correct, Corin? I have no idea. I've not used the stuff I got myself. Sorry. <laughs> okay, no, <they're> so <laughs> the ones I the ones I had were like 180, 240, 320, 400, 600 grit. There you go. So they are great for establishing your. If there's a higher grit, okay, I, I might be wrong. Don't con, don't uh, quote me on it. But if there's a higher grit, go ahead. You can do the whole finishing with that. But they're easy to use and they stick easily and they just cut like a regular rhino vet, if not even better. There you go. Something for us to try. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've still yeah. got I, my packet I, there. I was like really dumbfounded. I said, how come I didn't fucking use these I, for so long? I had them here. I don't know. We gave them to you to try and give them a boost and maybe sell some. They've just sat there <laughs> forever. None of us have tried it. But anyway, look, anyway, look, um, yeah. it's good to know what that it works. You, it's good. What I can tell you is that they are still a very stable product after months of being stored in a plastic bag in a in a drawer. <laughs> Yeah. They so, haven't. They haven't. That was the first shelf life is good. Testing. Shelf life is good. <laughs> shelf life is awesome. Just a second. I've got David oh. Grove saying, "Where is my poster?" Which he won the other week, and I sent to New Zealand. I'll be a little bit upset if it went to New Zealand and it really didn't get to you, Dave. So if it didn't get to you, can you just send me a message and I'll get that sorted Mate, out? No, no, it'll get there. It's going to take about twelve weeks. No, I shipped it fucking weeks ago. Oh. We did it on the on the first I had, live stream. I had something came from. US 78 days. Yeah, no, My no, no, no. Stamp from US. Yeah. 78 days. This one I this one went on our pallet. It 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 got there. I know it got there. Yeah, I I sent a knife to Victoria and it took 27 days. 27 days. Oh, 27 days I was spewing. I thought I fucking lost it. And, and I don't care what anyone says about insured post or anything, but you try and do a claim insured Australia post item of a knife and the amount of paperwork you have to fill out, hardly hardly worth it in my view anyway. Like I've tried to do a claim on the previous thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. What a pain in the ass. Look at this. Hey, yes, Corin. Oh. So what other sharp things have come close to interesting you as much as your barrel knives do now? I've scanned his, Scandinavian wit. knives. And our wit, yeah, of course. Of course, Kev's wish, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scandin- that's so sharp. <laughs> all Scandinavian knives. That's where I really got interested. So there you go. Anyway, keep going. Uh, how thin yeah, did you go on the sword way. prior to heat treating, Mert? There's a question from Sean Gibbo-Gibson. Uh, uh, Sean, so the spine, as I said, it was like a five mil. It came down to four and a half. But in terms of the edge, I was down to probably two mil. And... Yeah, I didn't want to go any thinner than two mil, but my idea was to get as close as I can. So once I start doing the grinding, I didn't want to be touching the over like the face of the blade. I just want to like to cut down the angle so it sharpens the edge. That's what I want to do. And yeah, basically I just went with the hollow grind on top 120, cleaned up and went a little bit with the edge and that's it. Two mil was enough thickness. Didn't didn't go too crazy. Fair enough. Fair enough. There you go. Well, that one's answered. Here's one for you too. Stan Stanley asks, 
What are your favourite knives, Kev and Mert? Not ones that you make, but would like to make. Well, I can answer that for you guys. Good they'd good, like Kev. they'd like to make barrel knives because barrel knives are the oh. best. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to finish a barrel knife. <laughs> Don't you yeah. already have one in works, Cam? He's got, I got two, two in the, in the works. works. I actually, Three. To be honest with you, I do have a double-bladed barrel knife that I finished. In a weekend. Under the tuition. Yeah, in two days, under the tuition and guidance of Thomas Gurner, I have a finished barrel knife, but... It, it was a lot of work in a very small amount of time. And the differences that Corin does in his processes, I think adding that little bit of a modern flair are pretty good. But Stan Stanley, I tell you what, I have started making a few and haven't quite finished one. Uh, liner lock folders. Liner lock folders are something that I'm looking at. And I've got about four on the go. Uh, they were very close to getting done before I ruined my thumb and my thumb is still not quite fully there in its dexterity and feelings and when you're using size 172 thread screws it's a real pain in the ass when you can't have that dexterous feeling in your thumb so something i really like and what i'm going to get into are the the uh, liner locks rick dunkley style rick dunkley He's a master smith over in the US. He's a member of the uh, Knife Art Invitational, I think it is, over there. Crazy good folding knife builder. And I learned my first knife, learned my first liner lock folder at Rick Dunkley's place. And then I learned another time around with Bill Burke. And it's just something that I've got sitting there that I want to get into. So that's for me. That's what I'd like to be making. Matt? So it's funny when I when I was looking into ABS and the Master Smiths and all that, and I saw the Quillian dagger, and I said, oh, yeah. "Fuck, man, that that's so difficult. I don't ever see myself doing it." I'm like, "Fuck, this is this is too much. Fuck it, too much." Then I saw Kevin Cashin doing a course, and I ended up signing up to course along with Corn and another couple of knife maker friends of mine, and I was like, "Man, this is fun." And then I start. Googling images of those Korean daggers. I fucking love them. I fucking love those daggers. And I have no use for a dagger, but I really want to make one one ah. Korean dagger. Really want to make one. Shagger dagger. Shagger dagger. I actually have a dagger on order, which I'm waiting for the permit to pass. And uh, yeah, it'll be a Korean dagger for me. And obviously, Turkish style swords. That's something I want to do more, or actually, I want to get into. Yeah, nice. Beauty. What about Plus you, my Gordon? big bowies? Plus the big bowies. I like making the big bowies. I don't make many of them. I've made two in the last few weeks, but I don't make many of them. But I like those knives. But I think they both cool. look fucking great. I don't know why you why you don't make many of them. You make great hunters. Make one a year. You'll get well, more I'm recognition. <laughs> That's it. Shit, I've ruined it already. I'm on to my second. Fuck it. Next year. All right. Next year, I'm going to make one bowie. 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 Booby. Whatever you want to call it. Bowie. Booby. So Carlos has asked a question. Will 1084 patina as much as 1075? In any respect can whatsoever. Just, yeah, go for it, no, Kev. Can I interrupt right here? Carlos, 
Check your fucking messages, mate. I already messaged the answer to this. I did. Or did not press send. In in every respect. <laughs> in every respect. Uh, you're never going to tell the difference between 1084 and 1075. No. In every respect. You're never going to tell the yeah. difference. No, that's it. With, uh, with some, and in some, terms of the patina and stuff, the same. Everything's the same. The same. Yeah. Uh, Barry Kennedy says, Clingspore and Sear Speed make high grits in PSA sandpaper. We're a Clingspore agent, but just doesn't seem to be a lot of demand for PSA stuff. So the Rhino Wet stuff's been very, very slow mover. What uh, apparently, pressure-sensitive adhesive. Pressure-sensitive adhesive. But there's yeah, a really, right. there's a good one. <laughs> is the sticky side of Jamie? The sticky side of Rhino Wet good for waxing your back, Jamie? It's not as good on not the back, back as it is not your back, your balls and your crack tops. Right? It's just got that sort of rigidity about it that just makes it really good for for that. Uh, but uh, for your back, no, no, not much chop at all. Dino wants how to know. Appropriate is it, how appropriate is it that you put that question up just as Julie says, we're safe to F-bomb again because her mum stopped listening and they were talking about Jamie using it to wax his PSA sandpaper to wax his back and crack. Ball sack and back sack and crack, yeah. Um, <laughs> have, you, have you guys used say what sandpaper? Thoughts? No. Nah. Say what? Say what sandpaper? Say what? Nah. Say what? I use Rhino Wet. Nah. I, uh, I don't really. Thoughts? My thoughts are, what the fuck is say what sandpaper? So, yeah. It's all I haven't good. used it. Yeah, pretty much. No. Uh, Dave Grove says the post is not there. No, it shouldn't be expected, mate, because we, we pay premium to get our stock there for our gas equipment, and your poster was on a pallet. Just contact Kerry and ask her if it's there. We'll, we'll sort that out offline. Sorry. Come on, Dave. Get on to it, mate. I sent a bottle of whiskey from Sydney to the ACT and it took two weeks. Yeah, well, two weeks is nothing. I'm still fucking waiting for mine, Matt Snape. Uh, bring one down. Matt, when you come down for that course with me, bring another bottle down. <laughs> Hand it over to me and I'll, I'll promise it'll get to Corin. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Roberts. With tea. Peter Roberts <laughs> says, Hey, Mert, is it true that Polish kitchen knives will grip food more than Matt-style knives? Thanks, take two. That's correct. There, there's, a, there's a fine balance between making it finish well versus making it like, I want to be so fucking shiny, I can see all the wrinkles on my face. So the more finished <laughs> it is, it's more sticky. And when it comes out straight from the grinder, like a lot of the people test the knives, Instead of the grinder, it cuts great and like, oh, fuck, it's good. And cuts so well and nothing sticks. And by the time you go to hand sanding, it's like a tether magnet. So there's a, there's a balance. I tend to I tend to not go over 1,200 anymore. I used to go like 1,500, 2,500 and make shit mirror. But yeah, as long as your finish is good, I think around, around 1,000 grit, you should call it quits. If you get a good 1,000 grit... You should call it quits. You should say that's, yeah, just happy with that. I just want to put in here, Carlos, I just press send. <laughs> <laughs> From 11.23 this morning. <laughs> Professional to the end. Professional to the end. You can't beat us. Oh, always. It's not just, it's 
not just professional on the podcast, it's professional all the time. Andrew we can't say Andrew Smith says oh, what's it? You as Corin used the Morris or Axis he got over in Scandinavia last year. Are you still bushcrafting at all? As a matter of fact, oh, I've got a three-day bushcraft trip coming up in July, midwinter one. So yes, but those the mores that I bought uh, and the axes that I bought were mainly gifts, so I haven't used them. I did give them away. Um, there you go. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry, oh, too, mate. You're making me look professional. Dave Winch so, says he's going to help you with liner locks. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah, no worries. I've got I've got a pretty good process there. Like I said, Rick Dunkley's one of the best going around. Uh, I've just got to get the time and get the the body working properly, like not have the injuries that, you know, it's using those fiddly freaking little screws and shit. And, yeah, I'm using screw sizes from the guys that I was in the U.S. with. Um, but, you know, that's what I got when I was over there. So I've got plenty of stuff. I've just got to, I've got to get the time to get away from making knives for people and make some for myself so uh, i was told the other day someone said uh one of my customers said how many knives have you made for yourself what knives have you made for yourself and i went none i sell everything that i make and he's like make one for yourself there's nothing more attractive than a knife that's not available that's probably so I'm like, all right well i might have i might have to finish one of my liner locks and say it's not for sale and see what happens People will probably just go, yeah, fair enough, mate. It's not for sale then. <laughs> so for those that don't know Dave, Dave's a liner lock maker in uh, in Sydney. He's been making for well over 20 years, I would think. Uh, I'm sure he'll correct me in the comments, but he's been around a very long time. Um, and he makes uh, a lot of um, G10-handled liner locks, basically, Uh all different style yeah. blades and he so posted, forth. Posted a fixed blade and the liner lock up recently on our group. Yeah. 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 That's right. He did. Yeah. That's right. I've seen it because he came well, in Dave, the other day. I'm not brushing you. I will probably actually hit you up for some info at some stage, and you're you're close enough to hit up and maybe have a visit one day when I get the time. Come and rack your brain for stuff. Yeah. Use, use bits that are big enough for me thumbs to feel, or use just my left hand. We got in Chicago screws for the first time today. They are sexy motherfuckers. Big ass Chicago screws. So you can make oh, takedown yeah. handles and stuff with torques like ah oh, they're awesome. They're awesome. They they'll go on the website in about a month the way we could do things, but anyway. They'll probably be sold by then. Everyone get on. So, Barry's just put something up which is a pretty cool idea if if, if and when we can get to the US next time. Uh, keep your eyes out for one of the Rick Dunkley and Bill Burke forge to Damascus, uh, forge to folder classes where you make your Damascus over a few days and then you go and do the liner lock class and you use that Damascus that you've made to make the liner lock folders. And Barry was over there and did that course. And it's, it's pretty fucking cool, I've got to say. Like, some of the stuff that's coming out of those guys for their first times ever is just, just freaking amazing. Keep waiting, Corin. Yeah, well, Corin's going to have to wait a little while longer. What about die maker stones versus sandpaper from uh, Mark Barrett? Um, I've used die maker stones for the last 10 years, and I love them. Wouldn't change. I use uh, sandpaper on the disc grinder. 
Sandpaper for finishing curved surfaces, but anything flat, I use stones. Die maker stones, and I love them. Yeah, they really, they really. Uh, you've seen them, Kev. You've used my stones, haven't you? Yeah. Yep. I use the Ross Arnold stuff, and I use your um, the stones that that set of stones I bought from you. Mm. And I finally sort of listened to Cole about how to use them, and I, I love those for the plunge lines. Like my plunge line grinding is getting better at the moment, so I don't have to spend that much time on there. But if you don't want to spend if you want to spend less time on there, those little stones, man, they, they just devour those scratches inside the plunge lines. And, yeah, yeah and if you get a, um, a ceramic belt, you can just grind them to shape as well, to shape the shape of your plunge line. So, Correct. Yeah, they're mad. I love yeah. them. And if, if as they wear, yeah, yeah. which they break down and wear, then all you've got to do is... Um, all you got to do is just chuck them on a ceramic belt and give them a dress. There we go. Found yeah, this one. Using the same like way you shot. What was that? What? Well, love to give them a try. Sounds interesting. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're pretty good. I I, I ummed and art about it for a long time, and then I hit Cole up and was like, "Are they really worth it?" And he spoke, you know, well, as you if you've seen Cole Barrett talk about these stones, he just doesn't fucking shut up about them, but. Um, they are bloody good things to yeah. use. Yeah. I just tend to use. I'm still that old school thing. <sighs> even with those Ross Arnold diamond stones and stuff like that, getting things flat. I'm still. I use the lower grits to get things flat and shaped properly. Same with those stones, but then I tend to go up to the higher grits. Yeah, the higher. The, the higher. The higher grits is better for paper. Yeah, that's just the preference with me as well. I wouldn't want to... But wanna... when you're talking, Mert, about that, um, the question before about the food sticking to a higher polished knife than not, when I was hand sanding that 10-inch Bowie or 11-inch Bowie, whatever it is, it was funny because I was just thinking about that very thing because I was diagonally sanding 320 grit across that blade. And then when I started the 600 grit and I was wiping off the, the cutting fluid that I used... It was amazing the difference. Like, you you pull your finger along that six hundred, and it's it's like sticking to it. Then you hit that three twenty diagonal, and it just slides off. And it's exactly what you were saying. The higher polish, the absolute better your grinding has to be, because otherwise, or your geometry, sorry, because yeah. that that shit sticks to fucking just like shit in a blanket. When I first, I I went to buy my stones from Kemet, which is um, a company that specialises in that sort of thing. And like we sell them now, but they, they are very, very expensive. And I've gone there and I've pulled this knife out, unwrapped it and shown him. He goes, oh, yeah, that's a terrible polish. You'll need to do this. And I was so proud. I was crushed. I was like, huh? what? What? But then when he pointed it out, you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't need to be there. That's like die when they're polishing a die for like making the plastic cover for a Panadol packet, for example. So you've got multiple little... Um, uh, divots there that the, the plastic gets extruded into. It has to be mirror polished, or else the plastic get takes on the imperfections. So, yeah, those guys, they really know their shit. They know how to do it. You know, they don't. They don't work in big flat surfaces. They work in impressions. <laughs> you know, sunk dies. Anyway, does that make sense? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Carlos asked the question up a bit ahead. Look uh, at Carlos. One of the posts he made on uh, his inst his Facebook regarding the coronavirus madness that's reoccurring, and by madness I don't mean the actual people getting sick 
or anything else like that, deployment of troops in Victoria, nothing like that. I'm talking about the fact that Carlos went shopping and the toilet paper shelves are fucking empty again. Can you fucking believe that? Yeah, my, my wife so said to me, asked, my wife said to me, the toilet the toilet paper sheaves, the shelves are fucking empty. Oh, fuck. Come Carlos has asked, is rhino wet good for wiping your bum? <laughs> 15 grits? Yeah, it's okay. Look, in this day and age, we should be using re re um, reusables. And as Kev once told us, uh, plastic spoon of Chuck's white, it's good enough for me. It's good enough <laughs> for Kev, it. it's good enough for me. I think it'll no. do a limited. I was talking to Carlos when he was asking that thing. I was talking to Carlos, we should do a limited run of Ring Gigi reusable scrapers. Yeah, that's this it. This is mine. Yeah, your witch's broom. <laughs> yeah, it's got an old, I just like to stick my legs and get in there, like get in there. Give it a fucking scrub. All right, it's you know what that you know what that reminds me of, man. It'd be like wiping <laughs> borax off a fucking Damascus billet. <laughs> so, uh, I got a I got a question yes. for the listeners for the comment section, guys. We will get your comments in there. Let's have a go. Who currently holds? The record, I can't answer this question except I'm fairly sure. So I'm interested to know if any of you guys know who currently holds the record for the most expensive custom knife, sword, bladed edgeware sold in Australia or sold by an Australian, not necessarily in Australia. How much was it sold for? And what year? You know, you guys just have a think answer. about that. You guys just have a little think about that. One million dollars. <laughs> Dino says R.W. Loveless. R.W. Loveless was in California, Tiger. Um, so probably not. Dino says 45,000. Dav Winch says PM. Dav Winch is on the money. Does anyone know? 45,000 from Dino, but he reckons it was Loveless. Who was an Australian, so... Yeah, Dino, come on, man. Come on, dude. An Australian no, maker. No love for you right there. No love for you. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot less for you, mate. <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of R.W. Loveless, <laughs> there's a picture of R.W. Loveless with Australian custom knife maker George Lee Sai in California. There you go. little rare picture. That's from the book. Yeah, right. George Lee Sai by um, the late Keith Spencer, which I just managed to secure a copy of. Woo! It's very hard to get this book. Big book. His uh, grandson's making now. It's is Jason Ellard's so New Dragon Beth Kitchen Knife. If not, it should be. Yeah, no. Oh, you're, you're, about, you're probably about... You're a long way behind in terms of dollar value. Guys, what, was yeah. what, was, what did he say? Jason Ellard's Dragon's Beth Knife. Someone's guessing a gold inlay Glen Waters folder. I've held a $15,000 Glen Waters we've, folder. We've held those, haven't we? We have. Yeah. And uh, yeah. no, it's not. No, it's much more than that, actually. They, they, were, they were only 10000 US. Yeah, so they were pretty cheap. This one went significantly they were, higher. They were very cheap. I don't have the exact figure. So it but, but it has been discussed with me many times, and plenty of people have seen uh, the article. Obviously, uh, if you go up, Dave Winch has, because he's... Uh, He's put the initials of the guy up there. And, um, yeah, I was going to sort of 
do a history reading tonight, but I'm not really sure what we're going to do. What do we want to hear about? Does anyone want to hear that? Is there anything in the comments section? Yeah. We do want to hear some history because history is good. The 216th Australian. knife made by George Lee Sy was a 440C medium skinner burgundy micata with nickel silver bolsters. It was marked with his signature and it was sold to Mr. L. Cook in 1981. There you go. <sighs> What's going on with Corrin's facial hair? Did I miss something? Did we already discuss this? No, no discussion. Well, I don't fucking know. It's normal. Jeez, I'm a little bit self-conscious now. Yeah, I thought that. All right, so what are we going to do then? All right, so what I, I if I do a bit of a book review, George Lee's side, this is from um, Keith Spencer. You'll be you'll be blown away if you can get a copy of it. It's hard to get. I actually, yeah. um, I actually uh, got it through his widow, but anyway. I secured a new copy. Happy days. Um, so he started making in 1972. And the thing that I really appreciate about this is that he's kept a detailed account of every knife he's made, how he marked it, what it was made from, um, who it was sold to, the year it was made, the date it was finished. Every knife, just lists and lists and lists of all his knives, where they went. So, you know, if you're a, um, if you're a collector... And you secure one of his knives, there's you can look it up. Oh, originally this went to such and such. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Wonder where they are now. Wonder where they are now. But you can see um George was a uh pretty good maker and oh he's a good maker for particularly for the time. And there's lots of info in this book about uh how to make knives, basically. So that's pretty much my, I haven't really read it much, but there, that was my take in a nutshell. George Lee Sy, Australian knife maker. Um, basically the first big time Australian knife maker. I can read a bit out of that. We've done edge yeah. master. And he's there. not, just, just for the record, he's not the person with the record sales figure. No, 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 no. 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 Right, the biggest. Does it say where the biggest power hammer made in Australia was? Can you get a hum on on a stainless blade? Well, if it's normal, people know. But Mert, he's got the skills. Mert's doing hum ons no, on stainless. Stainless is close to impossible. But I heard somebody got one with a D two. Fuck, it's just get a W two. Or fifty two and hundred, right? Thank you. So that's yeah. another book, Edge Master. We've talked about that. I can read something out of that one. As a 52-100 ham on, as per the advice of Mert that was never actually aired because we didn't record, we didn't put that episode up for the listeners. Oh, that's right. That didn't. He told us all how to do it. Yeah, yeah. and we lost the episode. That was very the one, sad. The one I said, yeah. like the, the one with the Sharpie or the... Nail polish. Which <laughs> one was it? No. I thought it was the etch, I thought it was the etchmascus. No differential etching. Because <laughs> you were asking me about it, you said, "Kev, now that you've got a laser, you should be able to put a hamon on all of your fifty-two one hundred knives." <laughs> oh, you're such a shit story, Kev. You know that. <laughs> no. I think Paul Canone's John Canone's brother. 
I think he lives up in Costa oh, really? now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's Australian Custom yeah. Knife Makers, second edition. I've got the first edition right. there. Look at that, first edition. Flick, flick, through to, flick through to a page with a maker and tell us a bit of history about Australian knife makers. John Jones. How about John Jones? John Jones was apparently an extremely uh, gifted knife maker as well as, and I'm not reading this, as well as very generous with his information. So I heard just recently okay let's read about john jones his mate Sounds like a good bloke. his maker's mark was jones custom and he made a made nice primarily out of 440c so says the editor of knives illustrated he's been knives illustrated i'll have to get in that i've only been in blade magazine Spring, spring 1990 edition. In connection with the California Custom Knife Show held at Anaheim in the USA late last year, I know of at least one individual who has viewed copies of Knives Illustrated but had never attended a custom knife show prior to being invited to the Anaheim gathering. After a couple of hours, here's what he had to say. These people aren't making knives, they're creating works of art. What does an American knife show have to do with us? Just this. Amid those works of art was featured the works of John Jones, an Aussie taking on some of the world's best makers and doing very well for himself sales-wise. And even better than that, he became one of the eight award winners of the show, exhibiting the best miniature, well done, John. The Australian Knife Makers Guild is proud of your achievement. Whilst he is not the first to show and sell Australian-made knives at shows in the USA, he is rapidly gaining recognition on the American show circuit, having sold 16 knives at the Knoxville Blade Show during a previous trip and taking orders for several others. It goes to prove that top Australian makers, of which John Jones is one, can compete favourably at venues where quality custom knives are displayed. He rates as one of the most prolific part-time knife makers in the nation and among the most versatile as well, since he produces everything from miniatures to swords and a variety of pocket and belt folders in addition. As if that's not enough, he has diligently developed skills of adornment, including the daunting task of scrimshaw and engraving. Says John, thanks to a very understanding wife, I am able to spend about 30 hours per week in the workshop. What do they say? Behind every knife maker is an understanding wife. An electrician by trade, he made his first knife in 1964 when he commenced an apprenticeship, although it was not until 1986 that he began making in earnest to produce a marketable product. One job he doesn't perform is the heat treatment process, preferring to have professionally tended to by precision tool engineering in Brisbane, who hardened his blades to 59 Rockwell. Like most makers in Australia, John has encountered difficulties in acquiring suitable materials locally from which to manufacture knives. Consequently, like a number of his colleagues, he imports steel and handle materials direct from overseas. He's a caring maker who harbours a curious philosophy regarding his bench-made knives. I don't like to think of my knives being used after spending so many hours of creating a thing of beauty. I like to think it will be cherished and cared for by its new owner in the hope it may not be an heirloom in the future, long after I am gone. At least now I can be satisfied to know I will leave a small mark on the world. Perhaps he has provided us with some insight into his motivation, given that the custom-made knives of our ancestors were created for the noblest reasons. So there you go. A little bit about John Jones. There's some of his work. Probably can't see it, but yeah, there you go. Some nice... Um, Drop point hunters uh, and things. It's not actually a drop point there, so there you go. I made that bit up. All right. 
Where'd Matt go? I bought an iPhone from a guy from Victoria. Here we go. There's a question here from Matt Snape. That says, I bought a knife about 20 years ago from a guy from Victoria. I think his name was Lance Davidson or something similar. Does anyone know this maker? Unfortunately, the knife was stolen during a break-in in 2002, so I don't have it to refer to anymore. Uh, I'll look that up for you now, if you like, mate, uh, while um, Kev's on the toilet or whatever he's doing. Mert, you ever heard of him? No, man. Very, past, very before my time. Before me, too. Deering, Dean, Darcy. Yeah, well, he's not in the 1991 edition, but there again, you said 2090, 20, I don't know. Wait up. Custom Knife second edition. Let's sure. see. Yep, what do you got? Me? Yep. Quick question. Yep. The maker who sold the highest uh, amount is he an active maker or is he retired? Uh, he had retired, but he started making again. We've had some knives come through for heat treatment. So, um, oh. so yeah, Kev, Kev has vanished. Uh, so, yeah, but we had some of his knives come through for heat treating, and um, I was a little bit uh, bit, bit, bit blown away that um, uh, he's back in the game, basically. So very keen to get to meet him and, um, you know, see what he's what he's doing nice nice indeed no there's no one here davidson so you probably got the name wrong something lance it's probably someone called lance he's a cool guy says dave winch referring to the the guy apparently um the the knife in question or the blade in question was a takedown sword i don't even know what a takedown sword is uh but apparently it was freaking amazing i've heard stories so, what's up with you? What are you up to next, Mert? What are you going to work on? Tomorrow's Friday. It's going to be Hangover Friday. And I, as soon as I get my shit together, I'll be finishing a few knives. And yeah, just, just need to finish a couple of knives. So, I don't feel like I haven't done anything for this week. But I'm really looking forward to, really looking forward to finish the sword. Usually, I don't, I don't, play with things in the shed per se like i come in do my thing do my work and go and go on next project just prep for the next project just prep for the next work but i'm really excited to make something that's way out of my comfort zone and because i feel like i'm doing this if i'm making just a stick in the kitchen as i'm making something same same and i'm not challenging myself that was the same thing with the, making those quillian daggers Sometimes you need to make something just to be able to challenge yourself and just do something for fun. No, that's fair enough. That's the only reason I make barrel knives still. I'm still trying to make a good one. What, what's that? Barrel knife. Yeah. Still trying yeah. to make a good one. Yeah, that's all right. Look at that. Hear that? Hear that? Yeah. Hear that, folks? Oh, you know those videos? Oh, of sound of that click. You know those videos Corin keeps posting up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Click. I've got a clicky barrel knife too. Yeah, as well you should. Mine's got... Mine's got that blade on that end and the other blade on the other end. Look at that. Two-bladed barrel knife, folks. Did that small one just spin right around? I know mine's not in Blade magazine, but did that Did that little one just spin right around? No. It looked like it. I made it spin right around. Oh. (laughs) Well, there's Trevs. But it's a big fucker, though. Oh, it is a big fucker, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've got three down. It's at, not a small barrel knife. I've got three down That's at Denise. It's literally a fucking barrel knife. Yeah, it's like a forty-four gallon fucking drum knife. Yeah, I put I put three no, three of my knives in a parcel and shipped them to Victoria last week, which was um, ass clenching for me. I had to get I have to get them engraved. Ooh, they all need makers photos. They no makers mark. They're all going to Danae to get engraved. Ah, right, very nice. Yeah, I don't want to. Etch. How's Danae going? Is she good? Yeah, she's golden. She's all right. She's getting nice, her shit together nice. again. She's not working at the moment. She's not. She's not engraving at the moment, but she's offered to do it for me, and I wasn't going to turn yeah. her down because she's awesome. No, so she's a good lady. So yeah, I haven't seen her so, for ages, eh? So did we answer the question that's on the on the thing there? Which from one, Blair? From Blair, Blair, who, who has the oh, record who, sales figure? Then yeah, we will. Oh, I was just checking it. I disappeared. I had to go and quickly sort some shit out. Uh, my son got his car serviced today, and we we're just making sure that he didn't get fucking too far ass raped by the BMW service guys. Uh, with his little mini that he got serviced, so but it appears it, he just got standard sort of fucking charges, bastards. Standard, <laughs> the standard raping. Yeah. So uh, yeah. the person in question, as far as I'm aware, and I'm happy to be corrected, but the person in question is a guy by the name of Paul Maffey. Paul Maffey, and um. Uh, I really, yeah, I'm really keen to meet him. So we might get him on the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try and get him on the show, and see how that goes. None of us have met him. None of us have ever talked to him. Uh, I've heard that he's a cool guy. Dave Wench says he's a cool guy, so that's cool. So he must be a cool guy. So we're gonna try and get him on the show because on account of that, it'll be really good. Tell, tell, tell us a little bit about the history of uh, knife making in Australia and. Um, he can tell us all how much he sold his uh, takedown sword for, but it was uh, it was in the vicinity of forty five, forty, forty five thousand dollars. So, um, yeah, there you go. So Matt Snape just wrote on that he's picking up a mill tomorrow. Nice. Let's That's talk about hand. let's talk about mills. Where to get one for? Where to get one? Eh. There's a little yeah, ra well. raffle. And and the financial year, man, I, I was thinking about it, but I don't have any fucking room. You don't have any room for a mill. You need to extend yeah. your fucking shed, mate. Look, put everything on pallets. Oh, that's, and that's, that's in the works. We could, we could reorganize your workshop to fit a mill in, I guarantee you. If you were to get a mill, we would fit it in there. Now, hang on, hang on. You just said, like, my shit is full of shit. That's what you implied. No, he said, said you're full of shit. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, kid. There's a question for you. There's a question for you, Mert. <laughs> yeah. It says... You're going to make a scabbard for the sword. Yes, I will. And there's a question here for me. What's the temper cycle for Dharma Steel Springs in your barrel knives, Corin? Um, I uh, heat treat them as normal for Dharma Steel, then temper at 605 Celsius. I don't know if you could yeah. probably use 600, but I use 605 because Alistair Phillips told me to. It's good enough for me. Unless it's a student's, unless it's a student's spring, and then he heat treats it like shit so it melts away, tempers it like crap so it doesn't spring. And then you have to spend two hours cleaning it. Hey, I'm not bitter. 
But, All right, I'm not bitter. But Kev, we tried. <laughs> we tried. We learned a lesson. We did. <laughs> we learned a valuable lesson. I went to I went to IKEA. I went to IKEA the other day, and they had a little bat, two AA battery milk whisk. I bought it for that. <laughs> nice. I'm using a manual fucking egg whisk. Well, this two AA battery one, if you stick it in too hard, it just stops. Because that stuff's, yeah. you know how it goes all gooey? Yeah. Anyway. So what we're talking about here is when I went up to Corrin's and we were doing the barrel knife stuff, we didn't stir the anti-scaling compound enough when we put it on. We were lazy. We really fucking I, I literally stuck my finger on and smeared it over. <laughs> I didn't do anything it, else. It didn't stick properly. And we stuck the blade in. Uh, we stuck the spring in and the blade into heat treat. Mm. And they came out with one of those, like, gut-churning moments like... Oh, fuck. We've just fucked this. But well, we recovered. Yeah, we, That's yeah, when I talked Corrin a bit about his disc. And it's it's a life lesson for that anti-scale compound is stir the absolute shit out of it. When you think you've stirred it enough, stir you have it some more. Stir it some more. It's like Damascus steel. When you think your billet's hot enough, it's not. Let it heat up some more. Then squash it. So stir the shit out of your anti-scaling. Heat the shit it's, out of your it's more like baskets. It's more like Mert. Stir the shit out of him. And when you think you've stirred him enough, you stir him some more. Yeah. And Jamie Bishop, you can go and eat a pork hock and stick the bone where it fits because your spring is crispy. So Good on you. This Facebook, user, this Facebook user says, if only I had the funds for a meal. Well, the funds for a meal very soon might be just a raffle ticket. The Knife Art Association... In their effort to try and recover a massive amount of money that's been lost to this uh, this year with the shows not being able to go ahead, are running a lot of raffles. And I have it on good authority, Kev, that very soon there may be a a milling machine going up on a raffle. Well, with- let's just say this is let's just say this is rumor at the moment and and a p- potentially a little speculation. It's hearsay. You heard it, and I said it. it it's hearsay. The last raffle that we had for machinery which had the grinder and a few other bits and pieces the 84 engineering grinder and a few other bits and pieces in it uh what was that the grinder the anvil and the creative band jig correct yep that raffle blew us away in terms of the knife art association we sold out of tickets in three days way faster Mm. than we thought possible unbelievable it was so well received. I thought received it was shorter that than that. It was very fucking It was. Quick. It was. It, it was less than that. It was. It was a couple of days, and it, it just it blew the minds of everyone. So there's, we we've had a big talk. The Knife Art Association have had a big talk about, you know, the impact that we're doing or that we're having by running these raffles. For us as an association, it gives us some uh, some money in the bank to, you know, as a buffer to continue to keep our employee employed and keep shows on the cards for when uh, this COVID bullshit disappears. So we've got money there ready to advertise and get people on the ground and get shows running and people happy. The other thing is, like I said, with that success of that first machinery raffle, we have had a few big talks about this now. And we're not going to move away entirely from supporting makers and raffling knives for people, but... Most people would be happy to spend a couple of bucks for a chance to win some big machinery. We're not going to go into specifics. A milling machine has been touted by Corrin. I'm not going to say whether it's true, 
or not true. Sorry, Mr. President, if I but let the cat out thought, of the bag. No, 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 that's cool. Sorry. There, there could be a milling machine at the first prize in the next raffle. There could be a milling machine. How cool would that be if you're a Mert and you don't have room and then all of a sudden you buy a ticket and you win a milling machine and we have to make room? So, but if you thought the last machinery raffle run by the Knife Art Association was big, oh boy. There's more coming. Hold your breath. There's more coming. Stan Stanley, how many more raffles will there be? We are planning on doing. There's actually three. Regular raffle. Yeah. We're planning on doing regular raffles. And, and we're trying to keep, like I said, support some of the local knife makers in, in, in getting out their products to people. Will the Knife Art Association will buy their products and will raffle them off to people? And the other thing, like I said, the enticing thing for people is there's we'll run the raffles for machinery. We're, we're as makers, we're bumping our heads together, going, What are the things in these conversations we have tonight with you guys, our listeners? What are you guys always asking for? Milling machines, disc sanders, band saws, drill presses, that mail, sort of shit. mail order brides. We can't do the mail order brides. We're not guaranteeing oh, delivery shit. time. They're probably going to be deflated by the time they get here, but we can we can look at other stuff. So we're putting together some raffles that are going to be pretty fucking enticing for you guys to be a part of. And like I said, we're, we're trying to get out there to you guys to give you guys a good chance to get something good. We're trying to support the industry so that when we're back on the ground, we're not stagnant, we're not broke. And we can then pump that money into getting people into coming and looking after us and buying our products and supporting our industry as we were doing leading up to this uh, silly season that we're going through at the moment. Um, but you know, we're, we're looking at bigger and better and bigger and better. And I think we're gonna we're gonna the next one's worth keeping your eyes out for. Um, for the WA guys, I just saw there for the WA guys. Well, it's all sorted. Uh, it's all sorted. Is it sorted? Is it? Yeah, we've got our we've got our uh, permits there. The only place where we have issues with permits now is Canberra. It's two hundred and twenty bucks for a permit to raffle in Canberra. I, I know, man. It's crazy. It's fucking that's ridiculous. Where I am. But it's all and right. We need that permit because we've got good base of knife makers in Canberra. We need to give yeah. everyone the opportunity. So, so WA is sorted. That's great. What what, what Kev what Kev may not know is that there's actually three raffles in the works, and there's been another grinder donated. So that's that'll be coming up. Stay tuned. I know everything. Yeah. Sort of. Metal bandsaw. Look at that. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So yeah, stay tuned. I've I actually we've asked that a raffle run every week at the moment. We've um we don't have anything else to do. So Andrew's um. Andrew's on that now. Uh, yeah, he does have other things to do, of course, but yeah, main thing is to um, to get some income coming in and all of the money, obviously, that's raised goes to the Knife Art Association, the biggest not-for-profit promotional knife association in Australia that runs just about all of the shows um, and, uh, yeah, does it. Just under, the, does it. just under the comment from Brent, got to pop up the one from Stan Stanley. It's coming. Uh no. Oh, this is coming. There's a kiln being... It's very likely yeah, going to be a kiln. Go, go two up from that to Stan's previous one. Maybe more tickets in the future. We're li- yes. We're, we're limited depending on the state. We're not allowed to... Um, we're not allowed to make a certain percentage more than the retail value of the prizes. So th- yeah. that's really good for the people buying the tickets because it means there's less tickets 
and uh, more chance of winning. So if it was we're just... Looking at, yeah. We're looking at a happy medium where we've got to satisfy the legislation and rules regarding raffling, as Corrin just said, and we're also looking at it that we don't saturate, you know, put up a really awesome-looking prize and go, like those freaking cars you go down to for the Cancer Council yeah. or whatever it is, you go to the shopping centre and there's a BMW and they say, buy a ticket, you've got a chance at winning, and they're selling... 800,000 tickets. Mm. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to we're going to make it so that you've got a reasonable chance and a good chance of getting in for one of these prizes. And for us, like I said, as the Knife Art Association, smaller ticket numbers mean we've just got to run more raffles. So for you guys, uh, that's going to be better in your interest. The kiln could be on the cards. We're doing our best to get a no, the you know, kiln, good deal the kiln's, all of our... The kiln's very likely on the cards. I'm pretty sure yeah. I, I can make that happen. Yeah, we're working hard with our, our vendors and stuff to try and get the, you know, the interest there and the enthusiasm there and, and, and a good price again for us because, you know, we're a not-for-profit organisation, but that doesn't mean, you know, we can't... We're not about raising money. We're about raising money so that we can then put it back into the interests of the knife makers, which is, like I said, sponsoring shows, running shows. Look, look, look. We, I'll just share. so much fucking money into that shit. It's not funny. It's really not funny. It's kind of scary how much money we put into advertising shows. Oh, fuck. Ridiculous. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's how you get people to come to shows. That's why we get so yeah. many people. You don't get people to come to shows by putting on a great show. You get you get them by by putting on a you get them to come back by putting on a great show. But yeah, you, you don't. Yeah, look at this. This is what I'm doing as we speak. Look, you're going to hear my key taps for a minute. Todd Lockash, kiln for not for profit fundraiser. There we go. He's the CEO of uh, of Paragon. So you hear, heard it here first. I'll be giving. Yeah, him a, Todd's a good bloke. Todd's a good bloke. Todd's a good bloke. We've met him. We had we've had drinks with him over in the US. We had drinks with him uh, here. Todd, if you're listening, you're a really good bloke, mate. <laughs> Todd, you're a really good bloke, mate. <laughs> we want a free kiln, Toddy. You can do it. Yeah, come on. Well, it's not free. It's a kiln for charity. No, no, no. He'll look after me. Nah, it's not charity. It's a not-for-profit fundraising thing to benefit his industry anyway, which is good. Yep. Yeah, don't worry. I'll, kiln I'll... would be sweet. Keep keep your eyes out, guys, for the next raffle that we're having. And I'm pretty sure no one's going to be disappointed with the prizes that are going to be up for offer. You know, a couple of bucks to get in for a chance. Uh, tickets are limited. So it's not a free-for-all, but get in there uh, and have a, have a crack. Help out the industry that's going to help you guys out as well. That's as simple as that. Uh, who else we got? Stan, Stan's actually... Geez, Stan, you're on fire tonight, mate. Go down to the bottom comment from Stan, which is maybe some classes as prizes. Now, we've talked about this one at, at a considerable length. There's, there's some logistical issues to work through regarding offering classes as prizes. We need, we, we've got to do a little bit of work on that one. And as you can imagine, there's, you know, a number of guys that are pretty well established in the teaching game in knife making, and there's a number of guys that uh, are new. There's a number of guys that are emerging in the teaching game. So, you know, we've got to be pretty careful about how we approach classes as raffle prizes too. And it's and for me, I 
you know, it's just as one example. I'm booked out most of the time. I've got a three-month waiting list. So offering prizes is sometimes a bit difficult for that sort of thing. But, you know, we'll see what we can do. Don't mind me. I'm typing to Todd now. I fucking I forgot to do this. I should do it now. <laughs> Just so you keep going. Why not do it now? He's probably awake. He's probably awake. And if he's not awake, he should have alerts on for emails from Corum. He'll be awake about... in he'll be awake in an hour or so. Anyway. Yeah. No, he should uh, be there. Matt, Matt Snape, can we can we pre-advise when raffles will be up? Nah. You go to... on to the go on to the Knife Art Association page. Yeah, and no, the Sydney Knife and, Show, and the the symposium, Sydney Knife Show page. Like, follow, put comment on, on those on, pages yeah. so that Facebook follow you follow everything that happens on those pages. You're helping mm. us by doing that, and uh, you'll see them first. Yes. Yeah, put it put it on notifications to get notifications from one of those pages, and you will find out about the raffles. We, we do this recording like, you know, once once a week and sometimes like the last time we, we'd recorded the podcast and the raffle came up and it sold out in three days. The raffle is run through a separate organisation on behalf of the Knife Art Association. So even people like myself can buy tickets and I missed out. I missed out on buying a ticket myself. Like I was overwhelmed personally about how fast they sold out. We love that support, but, you know, that's what we're looking at. Happy medium between enough tickets to satisfy most people, not too many tickets to piss people off, timing of things. Timing of things, we can't help it. If people buy tickets, uh, crazy fucking quantities at, you know, light speed, we're happy with that. Sorry, man. Uh, a garden shed is a prize. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about a garden shed. You're advice. dreaming. You're fucking <laughs> yeah. dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Well, tickets to the symposium. Look, you know what? That's probably not a bad idea. We could probably do a do a um, a raffle for tickets to the symposium through the Knife Art Association. That's something we'll take on board. That's from Blair. <laughs> Mate, we'll look at that. Thank you. That's that's not a bad idea. It's my battery in my my phone might die anytime soon. Down to five percent. You gotta get a new battery or a charger. Yeah. Matt, you've asked how are classes any different to makers' knives? As we said, there's a there's a there's a limited number of classes out there that are being run that have that you know, known reputation, that known stuff with the teachers that have, you know, I guess proven themselves for want of a better term to run these classes. And as I said, most of us guys running these classes at the moment, we're months out in advance and it's sometimes difficult to manage the expectations of someone that wins a prize. They win a prize to do a class, they ring up the person and say, I've won this prize to do a class, can I get in next week? And when you tell them they're three and a half month, four month wait, that stuff, you know, sometimes disappoints people. It's it's a logistics issue that we'll work through. Don't write anything off yet and don't, you know, rain on the parade so far yet with that sort of stuff. We're looking at what we can do for makers. I'd love to do it. I'd love to hold a, a prize a position for a class member, as would most of the people running knife courses, I'd imagine. But, 
you know, we'll have to have a look at that. Yes. Notifications are good. Turn your notifications on to the Knife Art Association or the Sydney Knife Show page and you'll find out about everything that's going on with the raffles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Matt? What have you got else while Todd, while, Todd, while uh, Corrin's emailing Todd to get us a kill? Here we go. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's good. I've sent him an email. Hi, Todd. The Knife Art Association that runs all the shows down here is running a bunch of raffles to recover a lot of money that's been lost to the COVID shutdowns. Yep. Cool. Here we go. I'll get this underway. It's all done there. Now, if you don't want to wait and you don't want to have to buy a ticket to run a chance at getting a beautiful Paragon kiln, I believe that our sponsor, Gamaco, at the moment are running a group buy on kilns. Is that still running? Yeah, there's, it's I'm still sure running. It hasn't shut off yet. Yeah, it's still running. So it's still running. Yeah. Go onto the Gamaco there's group actually buys gonna page be, on Facebook. There's actually going to be two, uh, two shipments. Right, so we we couldn't get them all into one shipment because of the way things are at the moment. So we're putting we've got a shipment that's leaving at the end of this month, which I think is all pre-sold now, and then there'll be another shipment leaving in July, uh, at the end of July. So that'll be in another eight weeks. So yeah, you get onto those and yeah, just this kiln's coming in. Get onto the bulk buy group on Facebook, Gamaco Bulk Buys. It's the best way to um to stay attuned to what's happening in the in the bulk market, like. That's the way we basically bring in new things and um, and cheaper things. Like anyone that's been in that group will have seen some of the things we've like. One time we were able to bring in forty hard, forty. God, I'm chewing on my own puke. Forty hardness testers. <laughs> oh, I wash it down with some whiskey, but I'm not allowed. Bit of bile. <laughs> yeah, forty hardness testers in one go, and it was just like a, a just a wicked. Um, Wicked saving for everyone. And there's 1084s coming in. We've got a bolt buy on 1084. That'll be released soon. Um, so, and you just will not get better prices. Last time the 1084 was $120 a sheet, including GST. And um, uh, I mean, you just can't beat that. You just can't beat that. So, yeah, stay tuned. And it's all the top quality stuff. You know, it's we don't bring in, I, I often say to the guys, we, we don't bring in cheap steel so you can make cheap knives. That's that's not what we're about. We don't want to do it. I don't bring steel in from anywhere that's not a highly reputable mill. And it's also where, like, Cole seems to be the dude that's running it, Cole Barrett. Um, Cole will put out the feelers to people as well. He said, what do you want next? What, what are you guys after? And then you get a chance to put your, your voice in, like, you know, if you want a particular sort of steel, you get to voice that and get you know, good prices, like Corin was saying, power in numbers, good prices for buying good quality products. Yeah, the bulk buy's been my thing for a very long time, so uh, mainly I run them when I want something, so the the secret to getting me to run a bulk <laughs> buy is to convince me I need it. Yeah, yeah. Find, find something Corin doesn't have that he wants, <laughs> yeah. convince him he wants it, and then you get on board with him. <clears throat> Um, Brett Selly's asked, "Is there? Uh, did Corin say a hardness tester in a raffle?" <laughs> oh, we probably could. I just got a shipment in. Yeah, I don't know. It, look, all things are mm. possible. Hardness test is probably a bit obscure for most people, but then again, it's the kind of thing people would enter a raffle for because not everyone wants to fork out a couple of grand for a for a hardness tester. Yeah. But I'd I'd, I'd yeah. throw twenty bucks in the kitty to see if I could 
win one. Like why not? Why not? Yeah, hardness well, testers you, are you're awesome. In with, you're in with a chance with these things. That's the whole thing. Jay, they two tickets. They just did one on hardness testers, and there may be spares. Contact Cole. <clears throat> Jay says do hardness yep. testers again. They were yeah. they were posting them out from the last stuff that I read. Yeah. Getting ready to ship them out. So this one is Anthony Kittle. The bolt buys got me a hardness tester, Paragon Pro, Jet Bandsaw. Keep up the good work. I got to say the 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 bolt buys of, uh, I mean, how many bolt buys do you reckon I've run over the last eight years? Well, it's how it's how basically Gamaco's it's everything yeah. knife making stuff occurred from the start, isn't it? It is everything, everything, everything. So yeah. everything. I mean, yeah, every. I mean, there's so many. They got yeah. Anyway, never mind. Super keen on 1084. Yeah. Yeah, 1084 is yeah, hard to get, but there's some big shipments coming in. And again, ours is all from Germany. You'll enjoy it. I think wire end. I think Bar if I was Barry Kennedy, I would have written wire EDM, but wire end could be an autocorrect <laughs> of that. Fuck, I'd love one of those. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I bought an EDM once. Did I ever tell you the story about buying the EDM? Yes, <laughs> tell tell everyone else though, because <laughs> it's funny. The things you find on eBay. Yeah, I I um I was on eBay and I was like, wow, there's an EDM machine and a surface grinder going for a couple of bucks. So I thought, oh, I'll bid on that. And so I bid on it and bid on it and bid on it, and then I won it for seven hundred dollars. And um, uh, I sent a crane truck to go and get it. The guy pick, picking it up said, "Do you have you seen these machines?" I said, "No." He said, "Oh." Oh, yeah, you bought them sight unseen. Oh, well, I'm here to pick them up. You'll pay me? Yeah, I'll pay you. So he brings them back, and the surface grinder had been dropped, and it was all smashed at the front, and um, the main drive nut was stuffed, and the EDM machine, the wiring had been disconnected with a hacksaw, and it wasn't a wire EDM. It was a plunge EDM. And, um, yeah, so basically I, I spent the next six weeks rebuilding the surface grinder to make that work, and I sold the... Uh, EDM machine to someone else and got rid of it. But I made my money back on the whole job. The guy who bought the EDM machine bought it off me for a thousand bucks. So it's pretty good. Flipped it good. Someone's asked, Dave, Dave Winch is asking, what is what EDM? EDM. It's electro discharge machining. It's where you use a spark to erode metal and it's fucking awesome. It's fucking awesome. That's what they use to. So a lot of the. Canister Damascus stuff, like when you see like the images of the deers and mm. ducks and shit like that, that's how people do it with the EDM. Yeah. Why EDM? Yeah, one of the places that we visited in Japan, Corin, one of the knife making places had the technology there. They were using the wire EDM to cut out their blanks, I believe it was, which was pretty full on. That was the M Custa. M Custa, yeah. But yeah, they yeah, had some gear some there. But if you look at those mosaic pins where they where they've got like a deer or something deer's yeah. head in them, they're all done with wire EDM. You can cut you can cut like 0.2 of a mil slot in in any shape through up to 70 mil thick material. They're phenomenal, phenomenal piece of gear. I'd love one, but yeah, I don't think I can afford one. So yeah, no, I don't think I can. And in the Stuff that I was doing today, I mentioned earlier today that I kind of a day away from the workshop because I had a builder friend putting up a big screen for me that had those laser cut or water jet cut, plasma cut pattern screens, metal screens. Yeah. And they had a neighbor walk past and they were like, oh, that looks great. Do you make these? 
because I've got my big Kev's Forge car out the front. And I'm like, nah, I'll buy these from Bunnings. And then we're talking about it with my mate going, I'd really love to get a plasma cutter, but my wife can't see me spending $30,000 and taking up the whole garage with it. <laughs> our, our, you know? See, all of our steel we cut by water jet. You can get a guillotine, yeah. but it's shit. It's not a good way to, to, to cut steel. It's cheap as chips. Yeah. But getting a water jet cut doesn't leave a heat-affected zone. It doesn't twist or warp it. It's perfect. So we said, well, we'll buy our own water jet machine. Holy fuck. Yeah, I don't have that much money. It'd probably pay for itself, oh, yeah. but yeah. It would eventually, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Over, well, you, need place to, you can get then one. you need a place to put it as well. You can get one from China for 30 grand, but the the proper ones yeah, are proper out. ones are well over 100 grand. And like you said, you've still got to buy build a build somewhere to put it and feed it with water and do all the things you got to do. So, I don't think we'll be doing that anytime soon. I'd like to. Would be good. Water jet cutter bolt guy. Oh. He, he, he was, Dave was saying that he actually laughing, saying he knows what it is, um, but was laughing for what price. Yeah, too expensive, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Too expensive, mate. <laughs> uh, desktop water jets are on the way. There's one out there already called the Wazer, yeah. which is the water jet laser. But when you look at the consumables and the cost and the time to run it, uh, definitely not worth it at the moment. Yeah, no. And, and there's there's got to be a there's got to be a long way to go to get a, a let's say a water jet cutter about the size of a snooker table. Yeah. That's still going to be good value, value to run, run efficiently because you've got to remember that you've got to put garnet or whatever consumables into these things. They run exceedingly high pressures, and so you, sixty thousand. You've got to get rid of the garnet as well. The biggest, well, you the, get rid of it. the biggest expense they reckon is is not the buying of the garnet; it's the disposal of the used garnet. Yeah, it's a real, real issue. What do you do? You take it, you take it down to the local bloody um, sand and gravel place and try and flog it off to them for nothing. <laughs> Mix this in with your road base, mate. <laughs> so, because um, you can't reuse it. Yeah, we need. And, a, they haven't found they haven't found an efficient way of um, sifting it to reuse it. Yeah, it's fucked. It's done. It's done. So the one, yeah. So we we'd be looking for a one point two by two point four meter machine, something like two point four by one point two, because we've got to cut sheets. You yeah. know, desktop would be no yeah. good for us. No, no, no. Anyway, all cool. And I dream, I dream about it. There's a few uh, machines for you and a few of those other guys. Every now and then, bring up water jet cutters, and you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the people who are selling them aren't going that broke yet. They're not giving them away. I, and I don't want to get something like that secondhand because I just don't know enough about fucking. You know what I mean? No. Like, I'm just going to end up with some something I can't use for a lot of money. Well, that's it. You know, yeah, you you buy the lemon or the fucking the one that's already written off. Yeah, but one day the industry's growing out here. It's not that far away. I don't reckon that owning a water jet will be a realistic proposition. Well, so. look, the the other thing is like the plasma cutters for the smaller plasma cutters. You know, they're not probably not the size for hobbyists, but they're, yeah. they're getting into the small production stuff. They're now, the technology on those now is really good. And the prices, like we're still talking 20000 bucks. Yeah. But I'm a full-time knife maker, so that's like 15 years of work. Yeah. But the other, the other thing, there's, there's not a whole lot of wrong with plasma for a knife maker. Uh, we know that because Thower Valley Forge specialise in it. But, 
especially for carbon steels. For, for carbon steels, but for me as a steel merchant, I don't want to supply any steel that's got a heat-affected zone, and that's that. I just don't want to do it. And, you know, guys like guys like um, Thawa, they don't mind because, you know, they're going to forge their stock, and if they're selling to people, people expect that it's going to have that because they know it's a bit cheaper. Um, but, you know... Like I said, we we don't sell cheap steel, so you can make cheap knives. I've got the best stuff, so you can make the best knives. That's what we yeah. want to do. I don't want to be anything else, you know. Anybody can be cheap. I don't want to be that. I want to be the quality. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Snake reckons you can get a plasma for under ten grand now. So there you go. Yeah, what size though, Matt? That's what we're talking about. It's, it's got to be a usable size. You know, yeah, fair enough. If you wanted ten thousand dollars. Uh, that's that's uh, a lot of knife blanks to cut out for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a Facebook user ask if if we've already talked about Mert's crazy sword already. We did. Mert's, you can see Mert's worn out. He's already talked about his. What's sword. your Instagram, Mert, so people can have a look at your? Show me your long it is sword. Tansu, it's T A N S U Tansu underscore knives on Instagram. Tanzu underscore knives. Nice. Nice. Uh, we also we also talked about me being in Blade magazine. Uh, so you can go back and listen to that as well. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my phone is dying. I'm out, guys. <laughs> my, my internet is dying, dying, dying. Can't, can't, can't. Just remember, people. That's the sound of a barrel knife closing. There you go. Where's the stop on? Barrel's not the only one. Oh, yeah. again? Oh, yeah. It's, it's like music. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of critique I, if you like. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not bad for a couple of days' work. No, no, no. It's you've done well. I, I couldn't do it in a couple of days, so that's fair enough. We did some techniques, obviously, that differed greatly from what you were showing me. Look in the top. And that's where, Just that's a where the time comes. This guy here, look up the top in the of the post, and it's in the in the post in the comments, and not in the comments in the description on the post above. Anyway, keep going, Kev. What'd you say? Ah, nothing. I was just talking about my barrel knives haven't been in Blade Magazine. No, yet. yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hand with them, and we'll get you there. All I've got to do, all I've got to do is make three of them in one year, and go to Blade Show and say. I'm the highest producing barrel knife maker in Australia. Yeah, and I'll say it's, but it's quality, not quantity, and we'll have this discussion. No, uh, uh, it might not be quality, <laughs> I can tell you. Because <laughs> I'm going to come up, I know, I know where your drawers are with all your fucking <laughs> offcuts of shit that's good to use. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, Corin, what's that over there? Yeah. I've drawers in my pocket. You know, you should get one of those metal detectors to scan people when they leave your workshop i don't i don't have anything well i probably do i don't know i don't even know where my own silver's kept these days anyway that's all right <laughs> jay cross thanks mate it may like it may be like music but it's loud as shit in my headphones <laughs> there you go there you go that's the sign you you you've been told kev you've been told all right have we got yes. anything else to talk about that's Ooh. that's worthwhile because mert's fallen asleep there and I have to edit out the sound of him yawning. Anyone? No, nah, leave him there. He's gone. Well, We've lost I'm pretty him. sure 
I'm pretty sure somewhere on the uh, promotion for tonight's podcast that there was there was an inclusion in there that was a oh, promise made. A promise made. Yes, that was made last week. Yes. Everybody that listened yes, to last swipe week's... Up, <laughs> swipe up for the premium swipe. content includes, <laughs> includes fucking lullabies and four some shit, whatever you the fuck you, you yeah. promised, you dickhead, Corin. <laughs> I didn't. You promised last week. Anybody who listened to the end of last week's episode heard you promise that you were going to do it this week. So, oh, I don't remember. This is going to come up awkward. in your performance review, Mert. Yeah, awkward silence. Awkward silence. No lullaby. Yeah. All right. All right, everyone. Well, absent in the absence of Mert's lullaby, who he doesn't clearly need one anyway because he's fallen asleep in his Please own podcast. Don't be a cabbage. <laughs> Please don't be a cabbage kid. That's a new lullaby I'm I'm, I'm working on. Maybe maybe I'll finish this next week. Is that for for your kids? You said there was a guitar solo and four-part harmony and stuff like that. I said to my, I love you, my daughter, but... No, never mind. Mert, the girls but are please, asking for more. Mert. Please don't be a cabbage patch kid. Cabbage patch kid. Cabbage patch kid. <laughs> don't call me cabbage. <laughs> anyway, so I, for those that didn't notice and tuned in late, I'm wearing the official Knife Making Down Under uh, merchandise. Uh, we've got <clears> the, <throat> well, we've got the Knife Making Down Under hoodie. Uh, on account of I didn't get many of them made. And um, and we've got the Knife Making Down Under T-shirts as well, uh, which are now available. And everyone that pre-ordered, they started shipping them today and the rest should go out over the next couple of days. There's quite a few to go. So. They, are, they are seriously sexy I'll, t-shirts. Do you want me to model one again? I'll stand cool. up again. Yeah, yeah, turn around, turn around. Yeah. For those people that can't see what's going on, Corin's just turning around. Oh, my God, look at that. Oh. Knife making down under. There's lightning bolts. Corrin running away to the other end of the room. <laughs> lightning bolts. There's a Mert Tansu knife, I believe, on the back of that. A Damascus blade. Damascus. Sexy. Damascus. And then we also have the Tools Who Make Tools t-shirt, which is pretty freaking cool as well. So... They're all available yeah. on the Gamco so, website. Jump in and get them. Yeah, there'll be some up. There'll be some up available for people. Those that pre-purchased, you've got your orders going out in the next few days. Thank you very much for supporting us. You'll have some very exclusive merch. We're all about the merch. Wear it with pride. <clears throat> how Jamie has half. Jamie's got half a chubby over that. How do I get a hoodie? Uh, bolt by, bolt by. You ask us enough. And tell us how much is want a hoodie and how many of you want a hoodie, and we will get hoodies printed with the pattern of our choice or your choice. They're they're a great hoodie. I've got to say they're a great hoodie from the manufacturer. Hmm. Uh, get in there. Send us send us send us a message up on the they're web, probably, web page. Hoodies probably be about 50, 50 bucks each or something. I don't know. I haven't worked that out, but they'll be about fifty bucks each. I think fifty to sixty somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. I haven't worked it out yet, but they'll be they're pretty reasonable. Everyone wants a hoodie. Yep. Yes, please. Yeah, Julie wants a hoodie. Everyone wants hoodies. Well, next week, hopefully, 
next week, we'll all be sporting our, well, us presenters will be sporting our knife making down under hoodies. And you can see just how good they look and, and confirm that. And then we'll probably look at doing a group buy order. I can confirm. They look comfy. Yeah, they are. It I'm, looks comfy. I, I, I'm sitting here in my shed. I don't have the air conditioning on today, <clears throat> just, just as an experiment to see if these hoodies are any good. It's a test test of the hoodie, and and it's working just fine. I don't know. It's not as good as, as Mert's porn star fucking dressing gown. <laughs> We're not doing group buys on them. <laughs> I gotta we get... can't afford them. We can't afford the mink. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. He's looking at me angry again, just for something yeah. different. All right, guys. Take care. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Thanks go for listening. The, See you next week. Favorite, go onto our favorite podcast platforms. Click like, click subscribe. Give us a rating, even if it's shit. No, nah, make it good. Come on. We, we feel this too. Come on. Yeah. You won't Come be on. the first that's given us a shit one, but anyway, that's okay. Nah, won't be the last either. Good night. Thanks, Julianne. Julianne. Thanks, thanks to your mum for listening in too. Yeah, yeah and apologise to her, please, for, for Kev's language. Please give her an <laughs> tell apology. Her just, tell for, her we're just rambunctious young lads that for, can't control For ourselves. Kevin's language. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you know, it's probably the least right. professional podcast out there, but I'm I'm quite I'm quite proud of it. Have a good one. Least professional, yep. most entertaining. And Mert's off to bed. He's Definitely. Good. All right, we've stopped Definitely. recording, Mert. You can sing now. Right, we're off air, Mert. Start yeah, yeah, singing. start singing. Yeah, start singing. Yeah, good trick. It says live 141 still come. Ah. <laughs> you cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleepy, not that sleepy. Yeah. He's drunk, yeah. but not that drunk. Yeah. Well, He's drunk, but not that drunk. I'm going to start drinking no, again soon. I've sciatic. gone. This is my second, my ep- is se- second episode yeah. without a fucking drink, so I'm just <laughs> getting a bit, bit, getting a bit rough. We've. We're, we're like that, mate. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah. I was drinking half a bottle of whiskey every night for a bit there. I just thought maybe I'd better stop. Yeah, Friday mornings are a little bit rough, let's just say. Uh, that. Yeah. It wasn't just Fridays, but anyway, Fridays it's all good. less productive. I'm like, oh, shit. Let me just grind a blade. Yeah, fuck, I'm hangover. Yeah. <laughs> All right, All enough right. of us dribbling. They want Let's us to do. They want us to do live demos. That'd be fucking awesome. We should do that. We could do a live. You know what I was thinking, we bro? could do a live hand sanding demo. Two hours of hand sanding. We put the camera on it. <laughs> Isn't nah? I'm sorry. That's already covered by Richard Morgan. Oh really? Ooh, Richard. <laughs> What's your idea, mate? He does. He does a few live feeds where he just hand sands. And I get on there and stir the shit out of him. <laughs> Mert? Sorry, what Mert. I was thinking was, I said it in our group chat, maybe we can cover some of the subjects we all covered during the symposium, but only do like a 20-minute section. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. So a class that you, yeah, class you've done, like, it'll be like a this week's, this week's Barrel uh, knives, technical um... stuff. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's already done we said 20 minutes, not fucking 20 fucking repetitious fucking hours of shit. No, that's, a, that's a good idea, Mert. That's a good idea. I've done I've done mine because I did steel, and that's one of mine that I do quite regularly when I do knife-making materials. That was me. I, I can't talk about, like, stainless. You got it, Jay. <laughs> what? 
if, Kev, if you want to do like a forging video, like 20 minutes, just a forger blade, fuck it, do it, man. Yeah, I'll take the you, laptop you out. Do... I'll take Jeez, the laptop Connie. out and do it. My neighbors might not like me if I'm doing a live feed forging demo at fucking nine o'clock at night, though. Drive. Or what you can do is, Corn, is there is there is there a way that he can record it, and we can show it during the, like he he'll send the video to you, so you can play it on the thing and he can talk about what's he doing. Yeah, we can do yeah, that. Yeah, we can do that. We can do anything, man. Yeah, yeah, look at a fucking genius, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the fuck, bitches. We're fucking all over technology. Yeah, bro. Oh yeah. Choice, bro. Yeah. Look at us. Hey, oh. g'day, Connie. How you going, mate? Yeah, good to see you, man. Happy birthday to your you happy birthday to your young one. You haven't happy turned birthday. off, punk. Yeah, we haven't turned off. Oh, sorry, I should have done that. It says using a disc sander. We'll do that, mate. Yeah, we'll no, do. Right. We'll do. See you, everyone. Bye. Yeah, bye, everyone. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye. Bye, everyone. Too late. It's gone.